keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your It is day 90 of our 90 day challenge and I know I'm gonna cry so you're gonna have to just cry with me Revelation chapter 1 verse 1 the revelation from Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. John to the seven churches in the province of Asia grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and father to him be glory and power forever and ever amen Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And that ends our reading for today. Our topic is in the end, God. Wow. We've done it. We've completed the 90 day challenge. And I'm so proud of you. I repre- God, I knew I was going to cry. I, I pray this worship in 66 study has brought you closer to God. I pray it has also brought you closer to others. Some of us completed this challenge by reading each day without stopping. Others of us found a rhythm that works with our hectic lives. Still others have doubled up on a day and a night and wrestled with the worship work and listened to the worship songs. Some of us started halfway and didn't finish or picked up at the end. But all of it matters. The way we end is the same way we began. God is our alpha and Omega. Not only should we wake up and give God the first of our day as the progenitor of life, we should also give God the last word of our night. Life is futile. Be intentional about the legacy you want to leave on earth. As I close this chapter of our journey together, I want to thank you for trusting me. 
Thank you for trusting me enough to journey alongside you. Thank you for your patience and your understanding, even after a stroke and COVID delays and unexpected twists and turns with printing and just thank you. Thank you. You're going to get an email from my team today with the survey and a gifts coming in the mail today or tomorrow, depending on where you live. But I'm so excited about it. When you get that gift, take a picture, send it to me, email it to me or tag me on Facebook. But I'm so overwhelmed right now because this has been a dream come true. For every email that you've sent, thank you. I may never meet all of you in person, but I am cheering you on from the crowd. I have fallen in love with God's presence, and I want for as many people as possible to worship in spirit and in truth. Indeed, there is nothing, and I mean nothing, like a God encounter. After having a stroke in June of 2020, hmm. I began to see life differently. I stopped seeing purpose as an achievement to acquire and more like a deposit to leave in the earth. I want my life to mean something. I want my life to exclaim Jesus. I want to do more than exist. I want to experience life in living color. I want to smile more, laugh more. Cry more, honor more, love more, and serve more. I want to minister to those on the margins. I want to see Jesus. And if you ask me what my one word of advice was for you, I would say this. Do your best to live as if each moment and each minute matters. Because they do. Stop beating yourself up. All of us, as Dr. Batiste very often says, are on a journey and we are going to get there, but we need each other to make it. After you have transitioned from this life, let it be said that you left the world with more love. Let it be said that you did more than accomplish great things. Yes, degrees are great. Money is cool. Family pictures are amazing. But what would it profit us to gain the whole world and lose our soul? Every day, be a little more intentional about spreading the love and light of Christ. Remember that all of us are guilty until proven graced. By that, I mean all of us stand in need of forgiveness. And most of us don't know what grace is until we need it ourselves. I used to belong to a church that preached about three main things. Sin, sin, and more sin. In fact, when I moved to North Carolina and I didn't hear any sin sermons, I thought my new pastor had somehow gotten it wrong. I had unknowingly become addicted to the subject of sin because I didn't know how to live without focusing on it. Sin became a mini God and works righteousness became the goal. If any of that residue slipped into my writings, please know that I am doing my best to be cleansed from that legalistic mentality. I mean, I really do mean well. 
but I'm sure I will look back at this draft and revise it multiple times in the days, months, and years to come. But I am not where I used to be. So permit me to celebrate this small victory. Man, I used to wake up thinking about sin. And honestly, it wasn't every sin. I would only think about the top three sins that were frequently on the preaching rotation at my church. I went to bed dreaming about how not to do it. And then I would preach about it for fear that not preaching about it would cause me to do it. But thank God for grace. Hallelujah. Now I know that God is a God of balance. Now I know that anything in excess will probably lead to a hot mess. Now I know that Jesus isn't in the business of exposing our areas of weakness to humiliate us or to keep us humble. No, Jesus came to bring life, strength, and encouragement. My encouragement to you is to hold on. Keep going. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. My church upbringing was not unlike the religious teachers of Jesus's day. I mean, give them a break. They had over 600 laws that began with thou shalt not. <laughs> what else would they have been proficient in outside of sin? Then here comes a youngin by the name of Jesus, 30 something years old, wet behind the ears, and he's walking around healing people on the Sabbath. Sin. He's walking around saying that before Abraham was, I am sin. These religious leaders didn't know any better. If they did, they would have recognized that the one for whom they were waiting was standing right in front of them. I wonder how different the church would be if we saw people as people and not as problems. I wonder how different the church would look if for three months we didn't talk about the issue, but pointed to the resolution. I wonder how little we would judge if a video camera followed us around every day, 24 hours a day, including text messages, emails, computer logs, and deleted chat histories. In the court of law, we are innocent until proven guilty, but in the court of the Lord, we are guilty until proven graced. None of us are as holy as the costume we wear on Sundays. None of us walk into God's courtroom spotless. All of us have stains on our sheets, dirt in our closet, and rumors that are actually true. Please don't judge others, especially when you and I are one screenshot away from being exposed. The right thing to do would be to convict each of us of our wrongdoings. But grace is a joker card that turns a loser into a winner. It's the king me in checkers that gives me permission to jump over what used to triumph over me. Grace is God's heavenly acceptance letter. Grace is God wiping away my Sally Mae debt as if I had never misused a refund check on clothes I didn't need or a car I couldn't afford. This is why I worship God in spirit and in truth. Remember that the truth we tell ourselves is not always an accurate representation of the way it all went down. But as we worship, we are healed. And in worship, our existence makes sense. Remember the Samaritan woman in John 4 who only saw herself through the lens of her record? Remember the unnamed woman in John 8 whose accusers wanted to stone her? Jesus decided to forgive her. So when you find out about the skeletons lurking in another person's closet, how will you respond? Will you pick up the stone or will you pick up a mirror? The same God who delivered that woman is the same God offering grace to you and me. No Christ, no grace. No Christ, 
no grace. <laughs> N-O Christ, N-O grace. K-N-O-W Christ, K-N-O-W grace. Without Jesus, your only hope is built on broken humans. And if that is where all of your chips are placed, prepare to be bankrupt. As for me, I belong to him. I am guilty until proven graced. And since I have received through Christ a not guilty plea for something I was clearly guilty of, I have no right to guilt. I have no right to gossip. I have no right to judge anybody else. With that in mind, know that I am praying for you. I am praying for you to finish strong. I am praying for pastors everywhere. I am praying for parents. I am praying for parishioners. I am praying for any other group that starts with the letter P because preachers from the Baptist tradition have taught me the importance of alliteration in my three-point homiletical sermonizings. Most of all, I am praying for silent sufferers. I am interceding for those who don't want to live because the weight of the secret is greater than the wage of the sin. I am praying for those who turn to communities that accept them because the church has rejected them. I am praying for those who are preaching with a broken heart, living a double life, leading with the hole in their soul, burdened by ecclesial pressure, hurting at night and helping everyone else in the daylight. I am praying for the blind man in John 9 who was born blind and did not sin, nor his parents, but because he was from birth very different. Some called his difference a disability. I now call it destiny. I now call it the blind spot that shine light on the glory of God in him, through him and around him. This man's blindness brought Jesus close and allowed others to believe in a way that they had never been challenged to believe before. So I'm praying for you. I am praying for every person who wrestles with self-hatred because they have, for one reason or another, found themselves on the outside of acceptable notions of living. My heart breaks for those who don't want to live because if close friends knew the whole truth, then those same friends might run far away from them, decide not to talk to them, and leave them in a permanent space of isolation. I am praying for the church. I am praying we become bold enough to be the church. I pray for God's people to be more compassionate and empathetic. I hope we will truly become radical signs of Jesus's love in a world filled with complex situations. I pray we will be reconnected to the vine because a cut flower even though it looks pretty, it's still dead. No matter how much water you put in the vase, the flower can only wither because it has been disconnected from its roots. I pray that God will call us higher by taking us lower. I celebrate you. I see you. I love you. And so our final worship work for our 90 day challenge is to bask in the love of God. You are Alpha and Omega. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. Sing it again. <laughs> 
give you all the glory. We give you
So much pressure, heartache, so much pain. Yeah. I've been broken into pieces, maybe more. Hey. And some nights I may 